Yeah, well, thanks for coming by, right? It's good. Uh, we've been talking about getting you on for a little while, and I'm glad you could come by uh, the Prickly Cactus for episode number 22. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, buddy. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. So how's things with your life? Like, you're a new... Uh, a new father uh, of two now. Yeah, two. So uh, one's two and a half and the other is 11 months now. So uh, my uh, oldest just started school the other day. So uh, nice. yeah, it's it's been a like, first time experience and all that. It's a lot of fun. They're great. Like it's kids a, are the best. Yeah, it's a whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. It, it changes everything, right? It's like when you, uh, you know, just, just having kids and just having, you know, those, they're just, they're awesome. It's it's hard to, hard to kind of put into words, but I, I love it. And yeah. you know, when they, they grow so big like two you don't think two and a half years is that long a time but you know when you see them going from a newborn to talking and Into counting and, and yeah. yeah and everything it's it's quite a and the clothes they must go through clothes so fast because yes. they're growing like weeds yes right? exactly and my uh my uh, two and a half year old likes to already accessorize so she likes uh, oh, nice. <laughs> she likes uh bows in her hair and everything bows, like that stuff. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome yeah, yeah i funny. always figured that like uh when you go out and buy shoes for a toddler you come back and their feet already grew two sizes so you got to go back out again oh yeah yeah it's it's amazing Luckily, we've got, uh, my daughter was the oldest, and then my sister-in-law had a daughter, and then we had another daughter, so we were able to do like a, Hand we got down. clothes, gave all the clothes to them, then we got them back and, and shoes back for, you know, the younger kids, because they don't wear and tear them that much at that age, but yeah, uh, yeah man, it's, uh, but they just had a boy, so uh, now they, they can't use any of them, yeah. we've got like boxes and boxes of baby clothes, <laughs> and they can't use any of it now, so it's like, yeah, my first boy in the family, so. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah man. Did it change, was it a personal thing? like having after your um kid was born did did you notice like something change in you like maturity wise was it like wow i've um you and your wife have brought life to this thing mm -hmm. and was it like an overnight sort of wafting effect of a maturity thing or was it kind of like a slower sort of thing if you noticed it at all. Yeah, I'll admit I was actually terrified before because I'm like, I, I'm going to be responsible for a little kid. Like, yeah. oh, like, oh no, like you don't, you, a lot of times you don't feel even responsible for your, you know, your, yourself or whatever. But uh, yeah, it, it, right away, it was almost like a, the moment you see them, it's like, it's love at first sight. It's it's just like okay, I I the, we're, this is all going to be good. We're, we're going to be all here. good. Yeah, yeah we're we're going to be all good. And you know they're great. And I, I have two girls. I grew up with with boys, so yeah. I'm on the opposite now. And I love it. Like having two girls, I get kisses all the time. Amazing. And so yeah, it's it's awesome. I'll, <laughs> I'll take them while I can get that's them. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, you, you paint your nails with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get she loves it when I put bows in my hair and stuff. So nice. I've, I've got a few pictures on my phone of that, which I won't show anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing, man. Fatherhood is an uh fatherhood and parenthood is an amazing thing i'm uh yeah. i'm definitely eager to to have a have a kid of my own uh here soon awesome man yeah yeah it's, i uh, just think it would be really funny to, just to all to constantly dress the same as my if i have a son constantly dress the same as him like <laughs> anytime we go out in public <laughs> just hit just head to toe the yeah. exact same <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's uh, it's lots of fun when you get to dress them up, but you know, do it when the timing's right. I know for us, we you know we waited. I, I you know me and my wife have been together since uh, yeah, we were in high school, school. Yeah. so it's uh, you know we didn't have you know two and a half years ago we had kids, been out of high school for sixteen years now. So we've yeah. been together seven seventeen years now, um, and uh, yeah, man, it's. Uh, uh, it's you know do it when the time is right, but man, it's awesome. Don't don't it's it's an adjustment, but it's awesome. They're yeah, they're the best things in the world. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. and and yeah, with work uh, reason reason I wanted to have have a chat with you on the podcast, man, because all you do with your work with uh, financial, mm -hmm. I don't know the exact term for it. I would say financial. It it started as like you know it started as as basic 
focusing on financial education. It's yeah. morphed into a bunch of things. Now that we've grown and everything and we've got a couple different offices, we do, uh, I, sp I like to spend most of my time educating and, and talking about money and, and teaching people how money works and, and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, we're, we're into like, company pension plans and benefit plans yeah. you know uh one thing i can't do is I, i'm not i'm not allowed to make specific investment recommendations or whatever gotcha. you know but uh you can uh, guide them in the right direction yeah oh no i mean like here so here, like when yeah. i yeah when i um so because we got a process we have to go through you have to do something called a know your client or a kyc getting to know KYC, where somebody okay. is yeah their risk tolerance uh their time horizon their goals their objectives and all that sort of stuff before you can actually determine where somebody's gonna uh invest you need to you need to know those things right yeah. because it's the the number one issue in my experience and i've been in over 3,000 individual meetings in my career. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest thing I've noticed is success when it comes to especially investing is more behavioral than anything else. Really? Uh, yeah, behavior cool. has the single biggest impact on, on success because uh, if, if you're invested, you know, if you're watching your investments every day and watching it go up and down makes you nervous, then you may not be invested in something that's for your risk tolerance. Everybody has a different level of risk tolerance that they're able to, uh, you know, tolerate. Yeah. So if you can't tolerate your investments dropping 50%, you know, tomorrow, um, but then, you know, you may want to go on something a little bit more conservative. So that, that was initially kind of how everything started. Yeah. Uh, and then it's morphed off into we do benefit plans for businesses, group pension plans. Uh, I, I love the individual stuff. I love working with people individually. So we've got people that handle a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's 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 great. I have a lot of fun with it. I'm lucky because my uh, my hobbies are reading about business and economics. And then I get to work in investments. So. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Do what you love. You never work a day in your life. Someone said, I think Zach said that. Right? That's my so, high school yearbook quote. Me, yeah. yeah, that was you. Zach Lowe said that. <laughs> Yeah, my high school. That's my high school yearbook quote. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if, if Aaron still has the old Notre Dame book, yeah, yeah. that was my quote. <laughs> no, Notre Dame, yeah. Yeah. We. I was talking to him on the phone last week, and uh, he hates when I uh, tell stories about him. But I'll just tell this one. <laughs> it was. I got lots of great yeah, stories to tell great. about him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's not here to defend himself. No. That's why I like it. <laughs> but uh, they were uh, him and him and uh, his buddy Matt were going to mass at Notre Dame. It was for Christmas, and they went outside before mass and they smoked. A giant uh, joint, I think, or multiple joints, and they came back into the mass, stoned to the bone. <laughs> and they were late, so like when they walked in, everyone, I guess, turned around and noticed them. Do you remember this? No, I, I think I, I remember. I don't think I was there that day because I usually skipped out on the on the church services <laughs> a lot of times because I had friends who lived around the corner. Um, but uh, I, I, there's, <laughs> I can think of like twenty stories about your brother uh -huh. where that happened. You know, the one time that he it was he. Uh, he stood up in front of the class. He had like an assignment, a presentation assignment. Didn't do any of it. Didn't do any of the work. Stood up in front of the class, completely BS the whole thing, and and crushed it. Like got a got an A or whatever, a four, I think they. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget that. I'm like, man, only you could do that. Yeah, just, <laughs> just coast and then get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I first started, it's funny. When I first started dating uh, my wife, um, I guess Aaron went up to her in the hallway, and like it, we've always been great friends, but we've always like been kind of polar opposites at school because you know, know for sure. And uh, she, I, I remember she was like, he he said to her, oh, you're you're dating Jones now. That's awesome, and she. Came she's like how do you know Aaron because they were in summer school together oh gotcha yeah so um yeah it was funny and she was like I didn't know you guys were friends she's like are, are you a huge donor and I was like no no we've just been friends for forever but yeah he's a great guy but I uh, I got uh, yeah I got lots of funny stories about yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> great times with that guy he's awesome yeah that's the coolest thing right because yeah. you guys have had like 20 years of friendship pretty yeah. much yeah so oh, it's yeah. it's funny how you got how that bond that's the sign of a true friendship mm -hmm. how the that bond stays the same no matter mm -hmm. how many kilometers are in between you and the distance mm -hmm. right 
Yeah, man, you're like, yeah, we're one of the only friends I think I have. I've never actually gotten annoyed with or whatever. We can debate about anything. We can talk about any subject. It's great. Like, it's you, you don't often find people that you can be that open with yeah. in terms of discussions, especially when it gets to politics or anything yeah. like that, right? Especially in this climate, yeah, in this day and age. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's amazing. Was What do you think, why do you think, because um, me personally, a lot of my friends, I have a couple who have just got into the housing market and... Um, but I have a couple too that uh, don't know how to even budget their monthly expenses for the life of them. Mm-hmm. Why would you? Th- why do you think younger people have trouble with money management? Is it a lack of knowledge at a young age in school, or is it just a, not a willingness on the individual to learn about it? it- it more comes down to you know we don't really learn basic financial stuff in school like yeah. you know it, it like in high school you think it would make sense to talk about why you pay taxes and how to file a tax re- it's even stuff basic like that that people usually go their go through their life not knowing very well i think it comes down to the education system at first fails people by yeah. not equipping us with the skills we need like you deal with money on a daily basis there should be it should be much more of a focus especially for yeah. younger kids it's and a pretty important thing yeah yeah we well, do with money every day for your entire life yeah. um and people know almost nothing about it when they come out of school now, now, that's getting better. They're starting to introduce curriculum yeah. now that's more financially related. So I think we're finally starting to learn those lessons as a society. Yeah, because um, that's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, exactly. expecting a different result. Yeah. Exactly. And and what, you know, what will happen... And it, like what happened in the past is a lot of times you don't learn about that stuff and all of a sudden you're, you know, post you're out of university, you're getting your first job and then it becomes this not managed by avoidance, but like you don't know and you don't know where to search for information. You know, yeah. it's it's funny because I, I remember being a kid thinking, you know, we, when we're in this information age that we're kind of in now, everybody has access to every bit of information, but it's almost like information overload. Oh, 100%. If, yeah. if you Google what to do with my TFSA, like how do I invest my tax-free savings account? You will get tens of thousands yeah. of different results. So many hits. Contradicting each other. So I really, I really feel bad for people out there trying to, trying to figure it out when they're young and early, you know, and, and, and that's where I think there are resources out there to help people, you know, learn about all this stuff and, and save for a down payment, but uh, they're not uh, they're not advertised enough by yeah. say schools or, or anything like that. So and, and housing is I think a huge issue for young people right yeah. now. How expensive it is. Yeah, the market is it's just insane. It is, and it's it's due to you know it's it's we, we're a country of what not almost ten million square kilometers, and and you know we've got sky high real estate prices. We have nothing but room to build. It becomes a, a, a zoning issue, a government issue. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's all, everything's all, all the real estate saturated in the, in the urban centers and, mm-hmm. and people want to live outside of the urban centers to commute to the urban centers. Mm-hmm. But maybe there'll be a change in that with COVID. Everyone's realizing we can work from home now. Mm. So it might be bad if you're, um, if you're a real estate agent, uh, who does uh, corporate corporate real estate? Yeah, like it's actually I got an interesting story to share about that with you later. But um, uh, when it comes to the, the especially the real estate side, we've got an inventory shortage. We don't build enough housing in this country. So what happens is is you've got you know people are bidding up real estate prices because they're just family units are trying to form. And, yeah. and if you look at strictly from like an economic growth standpoint, one of the best things that can happen for Canada is new family units to form. If we want to grow our economy and increase prosperity for mm-hmm. everybody, having new family units form because what's the first thing that happens? You know. Say like my wife and I, for example, when we moved in, what's the first thing we did? Well, we got a place, we bought furniture, more furniture. you know, we started having kids, you know, we, more we, furniture, more, more furniture, more stuff like you, you know, those family units form, they go to school, you know, all that stuff. So that contributes what, to the economic growth of the region. And then in different regions there, they're in the country. Interesting. Yeah. Exactly. So that it, until we deal with the inventory shortage and, and the fact that we're just not building enough houses there, it's hard to say, you know, people have been predicting a real estate crash or anything like that. And 
that hasn't yeah. happened and and it's, no. it's 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 tough making those predictions is it's very easy to be wrong and it's very tough to be right because yeah. you can you ask it. any realtor mm -hmm. uh, they don't know the timeline no and it could be six months could be 38 months they don't know and it, you know it depends on interest rates and you know yeah. just because we're we're canada we have limited control over our, if the u.s starts raising its interest rates we have to start you know our rates will have Same to come thing. up yeah. and we have very high debt levels in canada so that's not an issue right now because because um mortgage uh you know mortgage interest is low, very low yeah. interest rates generally are low but if that reverses and interest rates start to go up th there will be a lot of people struggling to, yeah. to make mortgage payments because most mortgages uh, are variable so that, yeah, five-year variable usually. Yeah, but if the interest rate goes up, your your payment can go up. Yeah, and and, and then your is that called house poor, when you're, when you uh, when you get in at that rate and then they go up and then you can barely afford to keep the mortgage. Exactly. Yeah. And the bank still owns it. You're not even paying off the principal. Exactly. Yeah, and and the way that we're is and then people get into that re refinance game, right? Like they, you know, boom, you're boom, boom, boom. and then they're just resetting that twenty-five-year amortization. Every and then time. it's just an an endless cycle of debt. Yeah, of debt. yeah. exactly. And that's, that's what the banks like. But. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't get started on <laughs> And that's where, yeah, I think financial education is so important. And it's, here's the thing, I think sometimes we perceive money as scary, you know what I mean? Because it's it's something that we, we don't get taught a lot about and it's something that we use all the time, but it still can be, if, if you can take away that veil of, of you know, scariness around money and especially numbers right numbers seem to throw people off especially big numbers you know yeah. if, if you were to project out how much money you have to have saved by the time you're 60 or 65 to retire that number will probably scare you even though it's showing it in a future value and all that sort yeah. of stuff so it's but if you if you're educate if you get educated on how this stuff works and it, it doesn't take long you know it, it's just a matter of you know learning some some basic concepts uh things like the rule of 72 What's rule, the rule of 72? So the rule of 72 tells you how long it's going to take for your money to double. So if you take 72, divide it by your interest rate, that will tell you how many years it's going to take for your money to double. So if you're getting a 1% rate of return, yep. it will take you 72 years for your money to double. If you're getting a 3% rate of return, 24 years for your money to double. If you're getting a 6% rate of return, yeah. um, tw uh, 12 years. And then 6 years at a 12% rate of return. Yeah, so, so it, on and so forth. It's an easy way to figure out your interest. It's just a basic concept, but yeah. it illustrates the power of compounding, especially with, with investing and saving. But but uh, that also work, can work against you too. If you have 20% interest on a credit card, that compounds against exactly, you, yeah. much as the same way investing compounds for you. Good point. Yeah. yeah so uh, that's a really good concept. Uh, and, and actually, I've got, got my yeah. book here and with. Quick story, uh, true story. I got uh, so I bought in, I bought in years ago to a company. Uh, you probably heard of it now. It's called Tesla. Yes. I bought in when they were 110 bucks a share. Nice. I bought. Uh, oh, I bought. I bought 150 shares. Good for you, man. And then uh, it went from 115, it went to 225, and I said, "Holy shit, it's so high! I mean, it's never going higher." <laughs> I sold it. Don't even ask me what that's worth now. Yeah, I that's, that hurts. Like, oh, God, that I hurts. Was kicking myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, but it's hard, right? How do you know? Yeah. Like that's that's the toughest. How, how long do you ride the ride the wave, so to speak? And mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, yeah, it got so high. I'm just gonna sell it, but. Well, I, I could be uh, I could be on their board of directors right now. Yeah, no kidding. Given Musk orders, right? Yeah, well, exactly. I don't think anybody thought like let me just pull up my stock app here, but I don't think I, I never would have thought Tesla would have had like the company now as of today has a market value of seven hundred and forty nine billion dollars. Oh, like that's a monster. You know that that's a it's not even near the biggest company. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's it's wild, you know, even even watching that because like when I uh, when I first started my reading about business, my first business magazine I got when I was I think twelve, uh, and it was the Economist. Yeah. The largest company in the world was worth about two hundred and thirty billion dollars. And this we're not talking that long ago. We're talking you know fifteen. Yeah. Was 15, that, 16 was that years? IBM or Microsoft? It was Exxon. 
Exxon Mobil. Uh, and then today, you fast forward, the largest, the most valuable company in the world is worth 10 times that. It's Apple. Worth, I think today is two and a half trillion. That's that, insane. That's how much new wealth has been created over the yeah. last couple all of years. The, all the tech, right? Yeah. All the tech companies. Yeah. And it's uh, insane. It's, I don't think we've ever seen it before. No. A new industry come along that's that's just just skyrocketed in demand and and it's all around us everywhere. Like yeah, if you don't use tech, if you, if you in today's day and age you don't use tech, you're either like Amish or yeah. you're just very uh, off grid. And it's like wow, good for you, man. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Well, it's and and so just to circle back here, just uh, something to so just talking about uh, the rule of seventy two. I just yes. got my book in front of me here. So let, let's look at a hypothetical here. Um, let's say that you start with $10,000. Okay. Okay. So you're, you know, in, in year one, you've invested $10,000. Let's say that you go to your local bank and they're going to give you 3%. If, if you go and look at GIC rates or deposit rates at yeah. your local bank, they're not anywhere close to 3%. You'll be lucky to get 1%. But at 3%, that means that $10,000 will double every 24 years. Okay. So in 24 years, your 10,000 is now 20,000. Another 24 years, so 48 years after your investment, you've got $40,000. Well, how many 24-year periods do you have in your working life? Not very many. Maybe maybe one, right? Yeah. One and a bit kind of thing. Maybe one, one and a half. One, maybe two if you're... Yeah, exactly. So you can't afford to not have your money to compound that slow. It's, it's hard to get ahead. And that's where so many people are frustrated because they feel their only yeah. options are going into stuff like that. So if you look at, okay, if I can get a 3% rate of return after 48 years, I've got 40,000. If I get a 6% rate of return, that money, instead of doubling every 24 years, now doubles every 12 years. Every 12, yeah. So then all of a sudden, and this is where compounding, compound interest is, it gets quite dramatic. Yeah. So at a 6% rate of return after 48 years, you now have $160,000 instead of 40,000. 40, yeah. So Four now, times. Yeah, and it's the compounding, right? Because it's interest on interest yeah. when, when you're investing it. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's uh, compound interest is the most wonderful thing in the world. Uh, now, look at this. Let's say you can get 12%. Now, your wow, Tesla... 12%? Stuff, yeah, 12%. Yeah, please, uh, I would love it too. It's funny because actually equity markets going back like uh, 80 years have done a little over 12%. U.S. equity markets are, are actually the, the average annual performance over like a 70, 80 year period. If you look back, we have something called index charts that, that, that show us all this yep. stuff. The returns, and I haven't looked at them after this year, it'd be a little higher, but we're like 12.5% compounded wow. per year. That's insane. There are individual funds out there that... that we're open in the 50s that have a 10% compounded return. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to get that return. That's past performance, not future yeah. performance. And you can't invest based on what something done in the past. You want to invest based on what it does yeah. in the future. But at a 12% rate of return, and it, like say your Tesla stock, for example, that yeah. probably comp that would have compounded much more than 12. Stop. <laughs> I'm stop. Gonna keep, I'm going to keep bringing stop, that up. Man. Stop running <laughs> <laughs> So that same $10,000 at a 12% rate of return doubles every six years. So now at the end of 48 years, you went from $40,000 at 3%, $160,000 at a 6% rate of return. You now have $2,560,000 yeah. at a 12% compounded rate of return. Now, is somebody going to get 12% for 48 years? That's probably not a realistic wow, scenario. If they do. Well, good for them. Well, and actually, there are people that do, but it all depends on the individual behavior of the investor. Yeah. That's what determines exactly, success. Yeah. The most important thing, though, is understanding the concept. Because if you understand the concept, then you think differently about, well, I want to compound my money. I don't just want it. I don't want, you know, if you're... If you're worried about losing all your money, right? That there's also a risk of investing that money too conservatively, where you guarantee yourself a loss. Yeah, because no, it does not, happen. Yeah. yeah, if you're not beating inflation, you lose purchasing power every year. Yeah. So costs go up two, three percent every year. If you're not earning more yeah, than that on you're your not money, offsetting that, yeah. you're losing purchasing power. So you actually lose money, right? In in real terms. So there's a lot. Like I, I think education is is the most important part. And and 
you know, there's some great resources out there and, and mm. stuff like that. You know, I, we spend a lot of time doing uh, like educational seminars. How many works? Like, oh, I'm going to leave this book for you in here yeah, today. But um, just here's how an RSP works. Here's how a TFSA works. If you want to save for a house, here's the best way to do yeah, it. Nice. Excuse me. Sorry. That's I right. feel really uh, for younger people getting started right now. You're looking at home prices of 800000 a million dollars. Yeah. It's like disheartening. Yeah. How do you save $200,000 yeah. for a down payment? Right. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's very, uh, so we hopefully the, you know we're in an election right now. Hopefully that some of these issues get addressed the right way. Everybody's a little vague on what they're what they're going to do I right now. I, I don't think much is really getting addressed this election. It's kind of forced and it's very fast. Yes, but, no, it's yeah. it's yeah. I think everybody can can agree we shouldn't be having an election right <laughs> yeah. now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so I but hopefully the, the eventually it will get figured out. And and the biggest thing is is uh, sometimes the the you can overregulate things. You can make it too restrictive, and that just hurts the youngest person because that young couple who's just starting out yeah. is is buying a very expensive piece of real estate and that essentially amounts from a wealth transfer from young people to older people because yeah. that older person bought that house at a fifth of what they're selling it for a quarter right kind of thing so that that amounts to a wealth transfer to that person that's coming from younger people that should be going that's the true. other way <laughs> yeah we should, it should be the other way yeah, yeah boomers are, are the wealthiest demographic in yeah, human yeah. history yeah, yeah. um so we, we want the wealth to to go down to the younger people, not not have younger people, you know, having <laughs> spending all this money to, to drive it upwards. Yeah. So, so it's all. Yeah. Once. Uh, yeah. Hopefully the housing issue can can get fixed. And I think the, the most important thing that that everybody needs to, I think, do is even if you can only put 25 bucks a month away, um, just start. Just get in the habit of, of saving. Money. Yeah. You know, start uh, small and then yeah, mm -hmm. it'll, it'll build over time for sure. Exactly. And take your rate. If you get a raise at work, um, you know, don't let that get absorbed into your budget. Take that money and invest it. Yeah. You, you know, freeze your lifestyle at what you're making today and then take any raise and just put that away. And, and you do that for a couple of decades, you'll be financially independent. hundred percent. It's great advice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been, I, yeah, someone told me to make a budget really early on 17, 18, and I started doing that and it, it's uh, I like the saving money aspect. I just like knowing what everything costs every month mm -hmm. at the end, and then I kn know where I stand. It's uh, organizationally, it's so nice to have. And yeah. now you can do it on your phone everywhere. I remember I used to write it out on, a, <laughs> on like a calendar, like okay, this is this X amount going out, X amount coming in, mm -hmm. expenses, entertainment, yada yada yada. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think uh, I really think yeah because people we, we live in an age where people do like to be very informed on everything. So I think that'll be we'll see more of this in the next couple of years, right? People being more financially informed. Yes. I, I, you know, or I hope, well, you hear all that stuff online, you know, we've, we've got a meme stocks or a thing now, right? Yeah. And that as much as I, you know, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think anybody should be buying stocks that, you know, are that hyped up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, you're, you're away from the fundamentals of the business at that point. But that being said, um, it does get younger people more engaged in, 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 investing becomes exciting. And you've got, you know, apps down in the States like Robinhood that have basically made it available that people yeah. can trade options on their phone, which, uh, you know, is it, that, that that's, can, yeah, I don't like it. I've never done the. That can be a double-edged sword. I've never done those meme stocks or even some of those cryptos. I don't really get into the cryptocurrency. Oh, don't get me started on crypto. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Uh, I just don't understand it enough to put my money there. It, it it's the the challenge with it is 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 when you look at an asset and and this is you know probably a controversial opinion especially for you know if you're if you're, if anybody's an investor in crypto but uh, the the issue with it is is there's no underlying asset there's when you buy a stock when you buy tesla you're buying a share in a business that business has revenue it's got you know it's got profits yeah. it, it 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 has you know it, it has it, tangible things yes it's a it's, make its money exactly it's like um whereas when you're dealing in an electronic currency 
Um, well, the first question would be, you know, like let's say, well, Bitcoin is, was for a long time the biggest one, and there's been some other ones that have that have come up since then. But yeah. the first question would be, okay, cryptocurrencies are the future, um, but why would it be Bitcoin? You know, why wouldn't it be Ethereum, or why wouldn't it be any of these other ones? So uh, there, there's so many of them, isn't there? There's so many. So you, first of all, you're trying to pick the one, but then on the other side, I don't think the risks that are appreciated right now um, is uh, governments. You know, uh, all it takes is uh, is Uncle Sam announcing a, a digital currency uh, yeah. that that's uh, you know can be held at the Federal Reserve and and that's uh, that's uh, can it is a dollar essentially yeah. a digital dollar. Well, did you hear what uh, I think it was El Salvador? Did you hear what they did this week? They announced Bitcoin would be their, mo- their uh, <laughs> their Ryan shaking his head. Their uh, it would be their their money. Yeah. And I, I didn't see the markets, but I bet you it took a pretty big shit the next couple of days. Well, it, it that's that's because it probably makes it easier for them to launder money. The government on Honduras right now has been dismantling its democratic institutions the last couple of years. And, um, you know, it's like Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. They love yeah. they love cryptocurrencies because you can launder money with yeah, it easily, it's, right? It's it's, really good, Venezuela's yeah. become a narco state. And I, wor- I worry that some of those yeah. those plays become like that, that's, too. That's what I said when, when I heard that. I was like, oh, MS-13, the gang, and down there, they're going to have a field day with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And, and so the issue, yeah, the issue is is there's you're not buying anything tangible yes it's electronic yes it's a secure payment that now that being said the underlying the blockchain technology is revolutionary that is, is that, that how they mine it th- so or what's block I can't I, yeah and, and so the blockchain is the is the name of the it's like the network so the the thing that makes like a cryptocurrency so secure is is that it's you've got like the electronic ledgers right and, mm. the, and the money gets traded but you can um it, you know, my computer, your computer, and a million other computers all verify that transaction kind of thing. So it's a very secure system. It's, you know, uh, from from what I've heard so far, it can't really be broken into. And there's lots of layers to it. Nice. I think the technology has a lot of applications in a lot of different areas. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that the, 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 the cryptocurrencies themselves will be, the, long term, they'll be a non-starter. And you can already, you know, just in my job and stuff like that, I, I follow what, like, the Federal Reserve, you know, mm. uh, Board of Governors talks about in this day. And they're already talking about a digital dollar. They're, they're probably a bit away from it. But when that comes, why would you, you know, yeah, what's the... want a speculative asset that, uh, so that'll, I think that'll, that'll throw a lot of water on, on, on that. The, the crypto boom yeah. when, when that comes and, and the other side of that is is that the government want you know especially the u.s government if it wanted to overnight it could just oh, boom the yeah. hammer could come down and that ends that it's right true, it's, yeah. if, if it was ever considered a, a serious threat but it's been around for how many years now and it's you know the it's the u.s dollar is used in more transactions today than it was in 2007 in yeah. the great recession it's become more dominant like it's hilarious but uh, oh it's it's the benchmark for everything mm-hmm. right well it's easy it's a, it, currencies are just a, a medium of exchange right it yeah. means that you know you can uh, so, so you want a currency to be stable because you don't want to buy something today and then all of a sudden it be worth 20% less tomorrow, 20% more if you've got those big swings. So yeah. that's part of the reason the U.S. is the world's reserve currency is it's got a, a predictable long-term you know, inflation rate so it doesn't lose its value very quickly. Yeah, it holds uh, it. Interesting. Yeah, so and that's uh, currencies and investments aren't the same thing and that's another one of the contradictions with, with cryptocurrencies I have an issue with. And yeah. Is it can't be an investment in a currency at the same time because if everybody hoards their currency... Because uh, they expect it to appreciate, you, you economic activity grinds to a halt, yeah, and the economy stops. Moving, yeah. yeah, so that's not good. We don't yeah. want that to happen. Yeah. Um, and the other side of that is, is it's not investment because there's nothing underlying. Now, the response to that, oftentimes that I hear, will be, um, you know, well, there's there's no a dollar is a fiat currency too. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, uh, it's not worth um, anything. But that's not true because the country, you know, the country that that currency represents has assets has yeah. a value you know there there's, it's there's a, like there is their gdp a part of the is that anything to do 
with the with their dollar? Does that go into it, or is that just a separate uh, economic thing? So, so GDP's annual output. So it's gross annual output. Product. Yes. So if you see a number of GDP, and they're always big numbers, you know, especially like the Canadian economy, we're you know two trillion and a bit. Yeah, the U.S. economy is a little under twenty-two trillion right now. It's huge. Yeah, <laughs> That's so much enormous. Work. That's the annual output. So the U.S. Yeah. economy produces twenty-two trillion dollars worth of goods and services every year. Every year. Enormous. Oh Absolutely enormous. Um, but the other side of that too is is that's just the annual production. There's also the wealth of the country too, right? The, 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 yes. just, just U.S. households alone, I was reading a month or two ago, hit a record. Net, the net worth of just U.S. households is like $136 trillion. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's the net worth. That's that's deducting all the, that's the debts. That's deducting every, all yeah. the debts, yeah. Yeah, so oh. that's, there's a there's a really good report done every year called the Credit Suisse World Wealth Report. Okay. And they go into detail on all this stuff. And I enjoy reading it every year because it's, it, it, it you know, people talk about, oh, there's the national estate, the national debt is so big. Oh, yeah. it's going to collapse. That's well, kind of the buzzword people, the news likes to use and to get people, oh my God. Yeah. Well, we always talk about the debt, but we never talk about the assets. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if, if you if you take, I was looking at the, the, the net assets to... Um, uh, to, to debt, the, the U.S. has something like six times the assets that the debt it has, if you were to take it all and lump yeah. it together. So wow. that if you were to sell everything and just uh, just have money left over, you'd have about $140 trillion left over. That's the net worth of wow. the country. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> when you look at a $30 trillion figure, compare it, it you know, next to $140 trillion, it, mm. it, it all of a sudden doesn't look that big. But uh, $140, yeah, that's numbers. Yeah, they're big numbers. They're really big numbers. But uh, it's, So, and that's... <laughs> Sorry, opener. <laughs> Thank you. 140 trillion. So imagine how much, how big a warehouse would you need if you had 140 trillion dollars just in hundred dollar bills? <laughs> oh man, I couldn't. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I, I would actually love to know that. That yeah. would be, yeah, how that would be. How many football fields? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How many? How much? 140 trillion? Did you say? Yeah, 140 trillion. In a hundred bills. With it, like with a T. So, uh, distance, yeah. Yeah, length, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's very underappreciated. Like, uh, you know, there's still a lot of. We need to do a lot of work in the world to, but the world has been getting a lot better the last, you know, d century, the last couple generations, and everything. Wealth has exploded yeah. the last. We're living in a great time to be a human yes. in the world. Best, best time in history. Besides, it or not. Uh, besides in in North Korea, because I, yeah. I was watching something on that, and I'm, I knew about some of the stuff. Uh, not to go dark with North Korea here, <laughs> but it's insane. The, <laughs> I knew the starvation. And the power outages and everything, and and the lack of the lack of basic human mm -hmm. uh, decencies. But I didn't know the starvation was to that extent. Like, yeah, it's oh that that the the, the Kims that whole family like they're eh, dictatorships, man. Dictatorships and those authoritarians. They just they do nothing but abuse their own people. It's, yeah. The world will be a better place when all these dictatorships are gone. Whether that's North Korea, Venezuela, China, China. you know, uh, Iran, all those countries. It's just these are. These, they oppress their own people, you know. It, yeah. It, well, it, it's it's a. I think it's a benchmark of most dictators to keep keep the people weak and mm -hmm. to prevent uh, uprising, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, there's uh, there's lots of issues in the world, but if there's there's a really good actually website online called Our World in Data. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Our World in Data. Our World in Data. Okay. Um, and it has all these different um, uh, graphs and charts and, and information just on how the world has changed the last. 50 years, 100 years, you know, they, they even track like GDP going back a thousand years. That's insane. And like the chart is like flat near zero, right? Because <laughs> yeah. because the average person's economic output was like $200 a year back yeah. 500 years ago. Nothing. Yeah. You, well, today it's worth like 65,000. Um, that's so insane. That, that percentage wise, that's a huge. So it goes like, it's like flat, flat, and then it just goes almost up in a straight line. And that's because as a society, we figured out how to 
be more stable, more organized, and you know, reg- smart regulations. Uh, things are far from perfect, far from yeah. perfect, but at least we're generally heading in the right direction. So uh, you know, you can hope that life will be better in a generation. And we're going to address. I- I'm confident we're going to address a lot of the issues that we're facing as a world today, um, because some of the issues that we've overcome in the past and like mass starvation you know there's less people yeah. live in poverty today than ever have you know it, we're still a lot of work still to be done a ton of in poverty but yeah comparatively to before yeah. yeah getting better and then eventually hopefully regimes like north you know north korea don't don't last and you know people there have a chance to actually you know be free right and yeah and have some say in who their government is and and all that but uh yeah and then a lot of the stories of people who even if they do make it out of north korea they go <clears throat> they go right to china and then it's either back to north korea where they get killed and then their relatives yeah. like three four generations get put into work camps yeah as yeah. a punishment or if they do, don't get sent back to north korea they go to china and what do you think happens to them they get sold into the sex trade and it's yeah. like yeah it's it's crazy to think about yeah it's it's really we, we're fortunate right it's it, just yeah. to be in this area like to live in north america kind of is a, is a is a generally a great a great place in terms of safety you don't have to worry about you know, like imagine like living in North Korea would just be it'd be terrible. It's really sad to see the direction that China's gone in. You know, I was I'm a I'm a huge history buff. I love yeah. Chinese history. I've you know read about it extensively. I've followed the country for years, and just to see, you know, it kind of backslide towards more of a hard nosed you know totalitarian state yeah. is is really unfortunate. Because so are you going back? So is that since uh, is that is that from is that a form of Maoism like that they adopted from before, or is it their own hybrid? kind of taking a different turn now what would you, would yeah, you say it's kind of it's, it's, it's they call it xi jinping thought right so the, 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 yeah so so he you know he's the he been wait he i think he came to power in 2013 after hu jintao was done so okay. i started following china early in in hu jintao's reign and then at that point uh the communist party in china had been had been gradually liberalizing very very slowly like mm-hmm. snail's pace but um deng xiaoping who was uh the leader who came after mao reversed a lot of mao's most destructive reforms okay um you know mao killed mao mao was responsible for more deaths than joseph stalin and hitler yeah um so uh so he reversed a lot of those and let the let the market and let the free market and the economy and entrepreneurs start to create more wealth and that's what led china to where it is today and all that prosperity that's yeah. been created and 600 plus million people out of poverty but since she has come to power, he's been taking the country and, and you know, what you can see the tech crackdown, as they're calling it, yeah. the news. And, you know, there's been billions, I think over a trillion dollars wiped off in value from Chinese companies right now just Ooh. due to this crackdown. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, and he's, he's taking it towards, uh, it's very unfortunate because it's reversed course of where, you know, the, it, but... What he, what he, I think they've basically decided is, is that he wants to, they want to stay in charge. They want to, they want to keep the Communist Party in, in, in rule in China and, and keep it, yeah. you know, in control. In order for them to keep going down the reform path they were going down, it would require the Communist Party to relinquish control of some of the mechanisms that help it monopolize political power, right? The party is very, like, it dominates politics. Yeah. It's a, you know, you don't get to vote or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but for them to reform, they have to allow the business community to have more influence, yeah. entrepreneurs and more, and more autonomy in the, in the economy. Exactly. Which, yeah, if most uh, communists don't like other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most communist leaders don't take kindly when, yeah, other people step in and try to... Yeah, and they're not really... It's funny, they're not really even true communists. Like, it's named the Communist Party, and it, they've got some Leninist... Like, uh, Xi Jinping uh, thought, which is now they're starting to teach kids in school, so it's become full indoctrination, yeah, yeah. Um, is got some Leninist things, but they call okay. it, you know... Uh, uh, socialism with Chinese characteristics, so it's got a you know yeah. a, a, like a, a you know a Chinese spin on it and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think that they're running into they're going to run into a lot of issues there unless they very quickly reform because the country's walking off a demographic cliff uh, going forward. Well, uh, they have they have no single men, right? 
they have no because of the one child i was reading it was something especially in rural china mm -hmm. they have an extreme shortage of single men for the women for um for procreation yeah there's so there's uh, last i'd heard and, and don't quote me on the number but it's something like 70 million more men than women because yeah. of the one child policy they've reversed the one child policy since then i think you can have up to three now but yeah. that's it's too little too late even if people started having five kids each because the demographic decline that's coming means that you've got a country that has to support hundreds and hundreds of millions people. Of pensioners yeah. on a system that's already underfunded yeah. uh, over there. So uh, I, you know, I, and your brother and I, and I and I talk about this uh, quite often. I like I don't I don't worry about China ever conquering the world. I think they've got so many domestic issues that I, I worry about an implosion more than I worry about yeah. a I worry about a USSR style you know implosion more than anything a, else. Sort of a ripple uh, effect. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's yeah, just no. It's a uh, it's a wild time. It's crazy. And I I was watching a video. Um, so if, if you wanted to buy a car, if, if, if you lived in China, right, and you wanted to buy a car, they do this whole raffle thing because mm. there's obviously so many people and you got to, you can put your, you can put your money in for the car, whatever the model is. Then you go online and there's, there's like 950 to 1200 people in the raffle for one car wow. and they do it like a draw mm -hmm. and they have a bidding war where they cap it. But it's so crazy. These people want a car. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck do you want a car in China? Where are you going to go? Like <laughs> get a, even a bike would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. well, the thing is, it's like, it's a gorgeous country too. Like it's what place I, I would love to, to I would love to go to too. go there. I, you know, with the current government, I won't be going there, especially with the amount of uh, smack I talk about. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know if they'll let us in after, uh, yeah, no, after I don't this. Oh, they'll let you in. They just won't let you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So but, it, but it's so a, much history, oh, like yeah. the Forbidden City and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, like the, the history going back. Yeah, there's so much. And even uh, I, I think one thing when we look at, you know, opinions of, of, of China as a whole have declined a lot in, in, in the West and in Canada and stuff. But uh, if you look at it as a whole, there's like something like seven, only 7% 7 of the Chinese population are, are members of the Communist Party. And most yeah. of that is for political. So overwhelming majority of people there are not politically engaged. You know, the, the yeah. so they're, they're not the enemy. They're not, you know, the, 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 the enemy is the, commun the, is the CCP, the, the right? Party, the, yeah. Xi Jinping. And, and those, those are the people that are, are, are going to be causing a lot of problems in the world. But the Chinese people are more victimized than, than anybody else under that regime, right? The, they spend more money a year on the domestic security apparatus than they do on national defense. And wow. as, as another way of looking at that, that's okay. So that means that the government is more afraid of its own people than it does it is of say the pentagon of, yeah of, of foreign threat yeah yeah like so they're more afraid of their own people and they are of, say the, the going to war with the u.s military whatever like so wow that that tells you what the actions tell you a lot about where the yeah. uh you know where their fears and anxieties are i yeah. think and, do you think they know that they're uh, kind of in over their heads at this point or do you think they're there's a na naivety and there, there's some naiveness to them. There's no naiveness. These are smart people. Yeah, these are the senior. All... Yeah, the senior leadership. And these are like, I, I, there is not a single political issue I agree with uh, with Xi Jinping on or any of his. They, they call it the, uh, the, the Politburo Standing Committee or the top senior officials See, okay. in, the, in the Chinese government. Uh, the Xi Politburo. Jinping being at the center of that. Um, so the, these are like all like like genius level. And these are very intelligent yeah, people. Intellectuals, yeah. But in a political system like that. Uh, if you're an underling, you know, in, in a system, you don't have rights. You don't have your your entire, you're, you could have generations of family wealth that could be seized overnight because you you ticked off the wrong person. You know, that's the kind of world these people live in. So it's, it's um, 
it, bad information sometimes doesn't get passed up. So I actually, you know, and this is this is not from yeah. me, right? This is from some experts that I, that I read and follow that, that yeah, know yeah. a lot more about China than I do. But th there's some sort of something's broken in their decision making mechanism because you look at some of the decisions the country makes and some of the things it does, and you're like, well, what are you doing? Yeah, like, a, yeah, like you're you're it's a head scratcher. Yeah, it's like that makes no sense. Like everybody, of course, everybody's not going to like you for doing that, but they're, <laughs> they they they're, they may not be getting accurate enough information to be able to assess and that's an issue with with totalitarian systems is is that there's your your people are more afraid of of protecting their butt and and they don't want to pass bad information up because what if that's taken out on them or what if yeah. you know it's it's very different and, and that's where in that system you know it 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 can lead to a lot of issues and, and inefficiencies and, and over time that just gets worse. And that's yeah. where things like the, the Soviet Union eventually just evaporated yeah. because it, it collapsed under its own, you know, its own inefficiency. Yeah. It, like you said, it imploded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so. like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like if you keep, let me try, let me try an, an analogy here. It's like if you, uh, if you're, if you're eating food and you just keep eating and eating and eating and eating and you don't undo your button on your pants mm -hmm. and your belly keeps growing, eventually that button's going to pop. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's basically what's happening. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and, and it's you can you can watch it kind of in real time with the the big real estate developer in China, Evergrande. Ever uh, Evergrande. Evergrande. It, so it's in the it's in the process of slowly collapsing right now. Uh, it has over three hundred billion dollars in outstanding uh, loans. That's it. And if it de yeah, if it <laughs> defaults on those, it will drive a whole bunch of other companies bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, and that cascading effect will will be like a Lehman Brothers style, like a 2007 yeah, yeah. US style. Um, the, the difference is there is they're slow walking it. So it's it, they're not just letting it correct itself. So it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that's what's the timeline on that? Like two, three, no one knows. Who, who know? You know, pe people have been years. projecting, you know, there's a book that came out in like 2000, the coming collapse of China, you know, yeah. now, you know, is the country going to I. I who knows? Like nobody knows. Nobody yeah. would have predicted the Soviet Union was going to collapse. If you're the average person and it's 1988, and, and you know, and you're like, you know, in just a couple of years, it's like yeah, the Soviet Union won't be around anymore. anymore. You'd be like, what? No, that's not going to happen. So who knows? But I, you know, I, I would hope that they don't allow that to happen. If you know, if you ever read any Chinese history, the the most some I don't remember the exact number, but it's like World War One and World War Two are like the most destructive conflicts in history, and yeah. then of the top ten, like the majority are Chinese civil wars. Zach, can you fact check that one? Sure. Yeah, it's, I don't remember the exact number. It's like the most destructive wars and hit, and a bunch of them are Chinese civil wars. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 so they... they well, what was the what was the one, uh, the, Nan, Nanjing, the oh, rape of Nanjing? Yeah, in World oh, War II, God. Japan. Yeah. And was it Room 731, they called it? And they were just doing experiments, human experiments on people. Yeah, that was... Invect, inf injecting them with live... Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, it's great. I saw a documentary, and the guy went back, and they had all these photos, and it's, oh, my man, it's... Uh, yeah. It's tough. Uh, Got to watch that on an empty stomach, you know. It's like, oh. Thirty Years' War is there in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese Civil War is the ninth. I don't know if they just have the one here. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. The, is with the the Three Kingdoms period. Six and then forty-six and fifty. Uh, huh. And then we have the Russian Civil War, the Dungeon Revolt. What's the Dungeon Revolt? Western China in eighteen sixties to seventy-seven. Yeah. Um, so, how many of the top ten are in China? First World War, I'm looking one, two, the Taiping is in there, so that's three. Uh, the Qing conquest of the Ming Dynasty, so four. Yeah. Uh, the Sino-Japanese War. Oh yeah, yeah. So that includes China or the Republic of China. Yeah. So that's five, and then the Andalusian, <laughs> so six, and then the Second World War is the most. So six of the top ten. Wow, that's, that's uh 
that's why I don't want to collapse in, in you know, because yeah. it, again, it's a beautiful country. You don't want to see a, it, the great people, great food, you know, great food and all that sort of stuff. It's just the government's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, my, um, my, uh, my buddy's sister, uh, Nicole, she's teaching English right now in, in, in Nanjing, actually. That's why I oh, cool. brought it up. But yeah, it's really cool. All the, a lot of, uh, foreign, uh, a lot of Westerners go over there to teach English and mm-hmm. a lot of jobs. Yeah. I wonder, uh, <clears throat> I wonder if we were, if we were in Nanjing right now, like, and say you just met me to do my podcast. I wonder if how the podcast would be received. Uh, well, we we, we we would be smarter than noted than to criticize. Uh, you know, <laughs> you you can criticize. Don't criticize the party. Don't criticize she. Other than that, you're you're you could get. But mind you, that's in the past. I don't know what it's like now. Yeah. I, I I only get you know. Uh, uh, from like you know people I read. You know they yeah. say they from experiences the friends living there that things have really gotten like you're not allowed it was free there was limited free speech for a while but you can't really call it free speech in the way we understand it but now yeah. it's much less and i just makes me feel for people over there but it's uh yeah because you know, it, it, we we have uh, immense free speech mm-hmm. in north america right mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if it's the freest but like it's pretty much yeah i, I that i think depends on the opinion of yeah uh, it's uh, a, i guess that's subjective right? yeah you'll get people that they think canada's more free than the u.s and you'll get different things that go oh you know canada's more free than this country or yeah. yeah i think it depends on a million different things i would say anywhere in you know western europe central europe uh you know uh, maybe excluding hungary um you know canada the u.s <laughs> kind of thing new zealand australia yeah. we're, we're, you're free Sweden, you can yeah. you can criticize you know who the government you can you can without worrying about your family being kidnapped like we have friends i so this is a story going back probably 30 years we have a, um, a lot of family friends that live in kenya and east africa okay and years ago um i remember they had in in their business they had a printing business and and um they printed an article for a south african news publication and they they used to at the time the the he was a dictator he called himself Pre- president moy daniel Eric moy was moy, his name yeah. uh so uh they had somebody that would always go through to the editing to make sure there was nothing politically sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they missed a little section this one time that was critical of Moy. Well, the military came in and trashed their whole facility. And, you know, Jeez. one one ended up uh, going to London for, uh, I think, a few months. And the other the other brother got arrested and was able to bribe his way out, uh, was able to get a bunch of cash before they grabbed him and, and just bribed his way out of the police station and everything wow. like that. And it's like, think about that like you would i i know for me if i was worried about my family getting getting impacted that would change the way you would almost self-censor a bit right oh, and that's of course what, i think it would change the way you operate yeah the, we're yeah, so fortunate to, to to be here so i you know it's as much as you know we got our problems and, and everything like that but everyone's got problems mm-hmm. they're like they're like assholes right everyone's got one <laughs> yeah it's like that team america one i, I don't remember that that was it there's asshole <laughs> yeah, so yeah uh, there's three types of people in this world yeah. dicks pussies and assholes yeah. <laughs> dicks fuck pussies but dicks can also fuck assholes. That's right. But you got to be careful, uh, so you get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit, and then he just starts vomiting <laughs> profusely. <laughs> that that movie's aged so well; it's still funny. It's so good. We we quote it probably every episode on yeah, here. I, yeah. I love that. Movie. Matt and Trey, they're they're my heroes. Matt, I love those guys, those South Park guys. Yeah, they're great. It's uh, have you seen Book of Mormon? Yes. Yeah, that's so that, good. I howled the first time. Have I saw you seen that, that Z? Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was that was really good. Yeah, it's a, it's not an easy thing to do to keep something relevant for for almost 30 years like they have mm-hmm. yeah exactly so it's especially uh, with people's attention spans these days <laughs> they really get yeah. hung up on stuff or well you can get all this information just in front of you right and yeah. just endless scrolling right you can scroll i don't have through. to read the article i got the headline right yeah. there i'm an expert <laughs> yeah. 
happens way too often. <laughs> What's nice now, even on Twitter, before you retweet something, um, if you haven't clicked and opened the article, a thing pops up that says, hey, have you read the article kind of thing. Yeah. And even though it doesn't, you can still click through it. I think that's great because at least it gives people that kind of passive reminder to at least yeah. at least look at the article you know if you're gonna if you're gonna have an opinion on what the headline is you know at least read the article it's like yeah. places like reddit are famous for that right everybody nobody reads the article it's yeah. just the headline <laughs> Re- yeah reddit's crazy yeah this, yeah on all the subreddits yeah yeah well that's where the the we were talking about crypto that's where like it was called wall street bets right wall street just bets, yeah. On. yeah well i uh because i i got a reddit account I, I started in was it 2012 i think let me just check oh here. yeah way back yeah no i uh 2013 um, and yeah, I remember when Wall Street Bets had nobody in it. It was a totally different community. And then just it, a forum of people bouncing yeah. ideas off. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think overall that's great because the more people are interested in investing, there's more forums online to investing. The difficulty is it's just, it's not the right investment strategy yeah. for most people. That's anything on the internet. I think Ryan, in a nutshell, it's good. It's good at first, but then you get everyone from every, everywhere on it and it, yeah, it doesn't usually end up well. Yeah. So I like I, you know, if I, I the only social media I'm usually active on mostly is, is Reddit and I'll talk about, you know, um, I, I like investments, right? Talk about invest- yeah. it's amazing how the uh, the consensus on there a lot of times, especially when it comes to investing is usually a lot of times rooted in, in ignorance. There's not, you know, it's it's people come to the, there's a whole subreddit on there that talks about linking um, what's it called? Super Stonk or something like that. Um, that talks Super about stonk. yeah, games GameStop mm-hmm. and linking it with uh, the Federal Reserve's uh, repo operation, which they're doing, which is a repurchase agreements that the Federal Reserve does with foreign uh, banks and everything like okay. that. The two are not related, but like they've seen threads with hundreds and thousands of comments of people talking this and, link- and, this. and linking these two. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think anybody here knows what a repo operation is. It's just, <laughs> it's a simple repurchase agreement. Basically, it's the Fed allowing a foreign country who's short on U.S. dollars to uh, put their U.S. bonds up as collateral, and the Fed will send them cash. Gotcha. And, and then when they're done, when they're when they're good, they can just they they get their bonds back. It's yeah, the collateral the back. Yeah. and that's that's all they're doing. It's actually pretty like it's pretty straightforward, but it becomes this huge, yeah. you know, thing. And uh, it's, and it's, it's the best. Uh, some of the some of the most savage uh, arguments on Reddit too. <laughs> it's the wild west out there. You gotta be careful what you say to people. Yeah. And don't use your real name and your username because people will, yeah. Yeah. I I love, that's one of my favorite pastimes though. And I have, I don't do it as much anymore. I used to do it on Twitter and Reddit all the time. Just going and looking at a, looking at a thread or a comment and then scroll down halfway out of the comments and then just pick that one person, stir the pot and then log off. I would go away for half hour, come back and this guy just tearing me a new one and then yeah. he's oh, getting yeah. other people his online friends in there all yeah. the web sleuths like this fucking guy yeah and then you quince, get to... quince 0463 <laughs> you're fucking dead to me yeah it's the best though a lot of very angry people yeah. like, like I, I comment quite a bit because like there's that's my that's my account there yeah right? okay so yeah, yeah. like i'm on i'm on quite a bit i'm in um and it's all uh um you know i i, I think I, i'm a big believer in even if you're anonymous on places like reddit it could still one day come back to you. So yeah. don't ever, I, I, I don't think it's cloud. Yeah. I don't like that stuff you say on there is permanent, you know, like yeah. it's like when you see people on Facebook, some of the stuff they say on Facebook yeah. and you're like, you but know. do you know why, do you know why everything's in the cloud? Cause when we talk, our words go up and then when we say something on the computer, it goes to the top of the computer and then there's a little vent in the back of the computer, right? It just takes it up to the sky and it's in the cloud. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like magic. It's that easy, folks. You guys thought it was someone else? Nah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, no, it's, at least, you know, it's a place people can go on and engage and stuff. It just yeah. sometimes they, the environments get a little too toxic. Yeah. But no, and then that's just the one side of the coin. There's so many, like the crowdfunding, the GoFundMes, mm-hmm. all the stuff. Lots of great stuff, yeah. All the stuff for for any, uh, mm-hmm. any, traumatic, any traumatic stuff that happens. Like there's always a way <clears throat> mm-hmm. to... Uh, 
to crowdfund and that's so cool yeah yeah and there's uh when in more ways than ever to to get, reach people and stuff and that technology is always a double-edged sword but it's generally a good thing right yeah. it's it's uh and i think the next 10 years and stuff some of the things we're going to see in terms of like electric cars space flight uh and all that sort of stuff are really gonna yeah. launch off the next so it's really exciting but uh yeah it, it uh it's I don't. I don't know about the self-driving cars. How? How? How's an insurance company? What's your liability going to be like if you don't have to sit in the driver's seat while your cars drive? I don't understand. Yeah, great question. I don't think anybody's really figured that out yeah. yet. So, so, so maybe if any pricks out there, if you want, I got a business opportunity. Yeah. Like make an insurance company that's just for self-driving cars. You'll probably do pretty well. Exactly. And yeah. I only want like five percent royalties. Yeah. For the first three years. Yeah. I, I, I want half of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you got two and a half from yeah. me and Ryan. And then Zach, Zach too. So. Yeah, well, just 5% each. 5% each, yeah, 15. 15. It's just 15%. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, but... Uh, so, no. And sorry uh, to interrupt, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I was... So most companies, when they start, it's it's uh, it's an anomaly, it's an anomaly if they make a profit in their first couple years, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that just a rule of thumb? Or is it just because there's so much... Um, it's just so much take so much to get going in any industry when you're starting a company from the ground up yeah like usually like i would say more times than not you know your first couple of years and that's where like even within the like when you do your taxes and five you're allowed a couple of years of write-offs or of losses right you yeah. can show a loss in your business and the government allows for that now you can't show losses for 20 years and <laughs> and and they're going to be like hey like what's going on here um but yeah the most businesses take a couple of years to get going right and that's as with anybody starting a business you know i, I was for, i just i started my business at, at 18 right started licensing yeah. at 18 and everything and it it took a couple years to get everything going it took you figure it out you don't know anything you're learning you know you're um it, it's like i love that saying you was it you can't be good before you're bad and you can't be bad before you try right so oh, i like that yeah anything that i think you, that's uh, that's our episode name i like that oh that's really yeah so anything that uh like anything you do it's it's a skill right yeah. and, and running a business doing a podcast like you're doing it's a skill i don't know how to do a podcast you know how to do a no, podcast but each time you do it you get better you get your repetition and yeah. i've talked about the ten thousand hour rule they say mm-hmm. to master something yeah and it's it's funny how um, <clears throat> how people can be naturally good at something, but even if they're naturally good, uh, talent only gets you so far. They say hard work mm-hmm. and other tangible stuff like that. It's like you still have to put in the work every week. Like you couldn't just you couldn't just do your job one day a week. You probably wouldn't see the same success and growth rate. Okay. You have to spend time on it and mm-hmm. improve in other areas that are lacking. It's, yeah, it's it's really cool, <clears throat> especially when you're able to find something when any individual is able to find something that they can do that with, it's so like, it gives, it gives so much purpose and meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And anybody that's thinking about starting a business or, or do, yeah, I think today w- with the resources out there, it's, it's cheaper and easier to start a business than it ever has been. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing is, is it's not going to work out, you know, give it a shot. You never know what may work out. You know, yeah. it takes, it takes time and consistency. I'd say, you know, in, in my experience, I've seen a lot of people give up too soon or they don't treat it like a business. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't start a business and treat it like you would, you'd say your job, you gotta, you're, you're, nothing's going to happen unless you're making it happen kind of thing. Yeah. So, but you just, you keep at it and your skill gets better. I think a lot of things in life are, are skill-based. There's no, you know, why is this, why is, you know, so-and-so person so good at say golf or so good at hockey or so good at business? They've done it for a while. They yeah. have lots of practice, lots of repetition. When they started, they weren't that good. It's, they it's had to this, work up to that. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that, that, kind of lesson can be applied in a lot of areas i know for me that's like i knew i knew nothing about business or anything when i started like it was clueless but over time you learn and and you get better and and all that and that's you know you just keep at it yeah it's amazing but what's the so they what did they uh what did they say you know they release like the um, happiest uh or like i don't know if it's like uh i don't know the 
media that does it, but it's like top 50 happiest countries or most mm-hmm. satisfied citizens. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. If you look back over the last like 20, 25 years, it's always a Scandinavian country that's in the top three mm-hmm. for some reason. What is it something in the water? I wonder up there. <laughs> is it like, why are Norwegians and Swedish people and uh, Danish people among the happiest? Um, I yeah, was wondering. Yeah, that's a good uh, question. I, I, I haven't personally been to the Nordic countries myself, so I can't say I've got firsthand experience, you know, just, just from what I've, what I've read and everything like that. I think a lot of times the, the governments there have some pretty smart social policies, and I think yeah. generally that, that makes people happy. Places like Norway uh, are very fortunate because I, I think years ago they made a really smart decision, so they have a lot of oil wealth. Oh, yeah, um, they have a ton of oil. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's sometimes it's funny, you know, they're not, you know, and they're not very, like Norway gets a lot of government revenue comes from fossil fuels, but what they did is they took all that money and created a massive sovereign wealth fund. I don't know what the value of it today, but I know it's over a trillion dollars. I remember when it crossed yeah. a trillion. So Norway has one of the largest sovereign wealth funds in, in the world. And that's basically wealth for its citizens long term. So the country basically okay. has a big piggy bank that, that it can draw on uh, if it ever needs to. And they've got, you know, it's, it's like... Um, you know, we have Canada Pension Plan, right? And you have a ma- management team yeah. that oversees all that money. Uh, and Yeah, sorry, Norway Sovereign Wealth Fund value, yeah. $1.3 trillion. $1.3 So that's up 30 So it crossed a trillion, I think, was it during COVID or just before? So that's wild. Like, it's grown a lot. But so that, for average Norwegian, that's probably, what, 180000 200000 per Norwegian or yeah, something? I don't, I don't know the exact numbers. but uh, yeah. so, so the quality of in that in the quality of life is... Yeah, so, so that that's what means they're happy in turn. Right? Yeah, so like smart smart policy, right? I think a lot of times, especially in like politics, I think too much a lot of times too much attention is focused on what politicians say and not what they do. Yeah. Action is a policy implementation is all that matters. That's what affects our daily lives, right? Not not what the you know not what's no, said, but not what the talking heads are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, places like I think that was very smart long term thinking on their part, and yeah. you know they have I, to have the foresight to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 now, like I said, I don't know from firsthand experience, but I think in country if that if they were smart in that area, they probably probably were in a lot of other areas, but they're also let smaller countries, you know, the, in terms of their geography, yeah. um, it's easier to manage a small country and than it is to manage economy. A, yeah. I don't want small, like even Canada, you know, we've got a light population, but we're sprawled out everywhere. Yeah. Right. And so it, that makes, infa, you know, building infrastructure more difficult, um, because it's more expensive because you're covering long distances, yeah, right. You sure. know, uh, t- taking a train from Paris to Berlin is no big deal, but that same distance in Canada, you know, we don't, we're not that packed together. So yeah. it, uh, you know, it makes, yeah, you can fly, uh, you can fly, uh, four hours in Europe and be in, mm-hmm. go and be in two different countries. Mm-hmm. If you fly four hours here, you're still in, you're just going from Pearson to Alberta, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy the the land. Mm-hmm. Well, is it? I'm, I, and I and I don't know for sure, but isn't it almost the same distance to fly from here to Vancouver as it is to fly from here to London, England? Like it's, it, it's I think it's similar. Very close. Yeah, 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 like that's how big uh, the country is, right? It's, yeah. it's wild. You take take Europe and you just you throw it into North America, and it's like, you know, it's it just basically fits, yeah, yeah. yeah, the whole thing fits, but. Uh, it's so yeah those i think those countries i think smart policy i think that uh and preference of the population right like there's the only thing you know I've heard recently is you know there's been a bit of a backlash against um, immigration in some of those countries because mm-hmm. they brought a lot of refugees over a couple of years ago which and again I don't know the the nuanced details of it but uh, it sounds you know like things changed a bit there and, yeah. and all that but um, uh, so I don't I don't know I, I I don't think those countries are as immigrant friendly as as, as we yeah. are uh, and I think uh, you know I think that will hurt them long term um, you know it's it's it just it's been there's a lot of peer-reviewed studies, especially in economics and everything, whereas, you know, immigrants overall are a net benefit to innovation oh, 100%, you know, uh, yeah. and all that. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, so if those countries are 
again, especially with the way demographics are going, right? Especially in the developed world, we've got demographics that are either plateauing or declining. declining. Like places like Germany, I think, are going to have lose a third of their workforce over the next 40, 50 40 years. years. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's actually the only developed country that's not going to suffer a demographic crisis is the U.S. Um, and I, was, huh. I had a thing here the other day, but it was like the labor force all is going to shrink in certain countries. So I think that will have to change their immigration approach because they're going to need more people. Yeah, you're um, going to have to find them somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, probably just good policy, right? And, yeah. and people maybe feel a little bit more inclusive in the government. And that's probably harder to do in bigger countries, right? Oh, yeah, more people. Yeah. More so, people to please, mm -hmm. more people to complain, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, we, we usually rank pretty high on that list, I think. No, we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Quality of life, for sure. We were number one one year. I don't know what year that was. I remember we were number one. Yeah. I don't know if that's a regular thing. But, but I always noticed a pattern with the Scandinavian mm -hmm. countries being being top, and I just always wanted to bounce that why. Mm -hmm. Why that could have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, would, I would too would like... I hear, I hear Oslo is a beautiful city to visit. Yeah. And Copenhagen. Yeah, I'd love to go there. Yeah. Copenhagen. Because I... Uh, why, I I, and you know what I loved was Amsterdam was great. I only got to spend like eight hours there because it was a layover from when I was coming from Nairobi back to Canada. Yes, okay. And uh, it was that was a great city too. We yeah. went, uh, you know, walking the around canal. the downtown. Yeah, it was really really cool. And then uh, um, what else? Like there's yeah, there's so many. Italy's great. I don't know if you've ever been to Italy. It, yeah, I uh, did Rome and yeah. and uh, the Vatican. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Really cool. Yeah, we did a in high school. We did a month long Italy trip. They uh, we got a credit, got a history credit for it. Oh sweet. Yeah, it was it was great. So, did you do? Um, did you do Venice? Yeah, I love Venice. Venice. Yeah, it was, it was great. I heard, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, Venice is, is absolutely gorgeous. Florence, too. Florence was Florence. awesome. We went to Pompeii. Uh, we stayed in L'Aquila, which was, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, those earthquakes that... That's where they were? Yeah, they were centered. So actually, the hotel we stayed in got destroyed. Um, wow. And the area we stayed in, got a lot of it got knocked down. So it was really sad because we were there for almost a month. Like, we stayed three weeks of our four-week trip in L'Aquila. It was like our base of operations. Then we would go on day trips or whatever. Yeah. Um, and my, uh, speaking, speaking of that, my, uh, <clears throat> my buddy, uh, he was in, uh, he was in Lebanon, he was in Beirut. And then five months later, remember when that ship exploded in the port? Yeah. He was staying at a guy's uh, hostel and, and the guy's, pff, the guy's he, shop. I, he, the guy, the guy was okay, but he his okay, shop, yeah. that whole, it was crazy that you probably saw the photos. The whole main drag was just. It was awful, man. Yeah. Was it a collision of two shit? I can't remember. Something exploded. I can't remember. They what had, it. there was, so what I had read about it was there was a warehouse that was storing some sort of material that was used in explosives that obviously wasn't being stored well, but it was being stored, I believe, by, uh, to be to be used by one of the, the terrorist organizations there. Oh, uh, it was And for, it wasn't stored okay, properly, gotcha. and, it, and it blew up, and, and that's what that's what caused it. So there were two explosions, the, the one that, like, leveled everything at the port. Yeah. Yeah, where there's, like, that, there was that big crater in the ground. And, and it's unfortunate, because Lebanon hasn't had a government in, I think, a year. I was just reading about it last night. I think it's, yeah, it's, I think they have a thing where it's, <clears throat> they have a... Uh, a lot of Muslim mm -hmm. side, and then a lot of uh, another. I can't remember the religion, but nothing really gets there's, done. There's a yeah. They had like a uh, I think a power sharing agreement where like one yeah. leader could be a Christian, the other could be a Muslim, That's what and it was. something like that. They had yeah. a weird intermingling with the policies and. Mm -hmm. And then some things they wouldn't agree on. So it's very convoluted. Uh, yeah, it is. And, and f feel bad for the people there because it's just like the government seems to be inept or non-functioning. And it's yeah. like, my dad was in Beirut. So when he was on his first uh, tour with the army back in the 70s in Cyprus during the Civil Cyprus, War, yeah, yeah. Um, he would go to, on leave, he would go to Beirut. And this was before the Civil War where Beirut got kind of destroyed there. For, and he's, he said a city was beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah. Like he loved it. Uh, and it's just a shame to see, you know, great places like that just... Get, yeah. get destroyed right it's 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 insane i don't think people i don't think people fully understand the scope 
after a, a civil war or a conflict like that happens in a country, what it does to the actual mm-hmm. fabric of the country and the people and the mm-hmm. displacement of all the citizens, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's the guy, uh, well, up until recently, he, he actually just moved, but the guy that used to, my barber, used to do my hair. Yeah. He came, so he's Syrian. Uh, he has one child born in Syria. They left Syria. They went to Jordan. His second child was born in Jordan. So they were refugees. Refugees. Moved out and then went from Jordan to Kuwait. Had his third kid in Kuwait. Wow. Uh, and then got an opportunity. I guess the, he said the Canadian government was like, we're accepting people to Canada. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll go. So he came over to Canada and had his fourth kid over here. So he's four kids born in four different countries. That's insane. Right? Yeah. And uh, he, you know, when he came, and this guy came here, started a business, you know, works great guy, worked his worked his butt off. And it's like, yeah, he was, t- he showed me pictures of his house in, in um, I'm trying to, it wasn't, what was the town? I couldn't remember the city. It wasn't Aleppo or Damascus, but uh, and he was showing One of them. like their their part. It was all destroyed, like everything. Jeez. He showed me pictures of their house and everything, and it was just bombed out. And it's just people that came over here, started from scratch, and it's just like you know, yeah, you got to overcome a lot to yeah. be able to do that. But yeah, the the resilience in the human spirit a lot. I like. I really like that because mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not easy, especially when you're you're displaced by necessity. Like you have to leave. And then you got to pick up, like you said, you got to pick up and regroup, mm-hmm. and then to, then to succeed in that in that way is really amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I always admire people that can do that because, like, you're coming to a new country, you know what I mean? And and in this guy, his English was fantastic, but yeah. uh, you know, it, it's like you got to learn a new language, new you know, new culture. Yeah, it's you got to assimilate to all the yeah the, the norms and yeah yeah, and it's just it, it's like it coming to start a business and stuff like that. Like, I just really admire people that can do that, right? And it's like, well, it, like my it's funny, my my dad came over to Canada at five on a boat. Um, from from England, right? Okay, yeah. And, yeah, and he, you know, same thing. Immigrants that come over from scratch, but that's what how the country was built. Right? Yeah, and that's but yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Most of our citizens, yeah, came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, like your brother from Tennessee. From Tennessee, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Our our Tennessee import. <laughs> <laughs> our Tennessee import. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it, yeah, just interesting experiences when when with people and then that and you know traveling in certain parts of the world. You know, you go to areas that aren't as developed and and it's amazing how the daily life of people is just so different and their concerns and you kind of go oh wow like yeah yeah, we've got issues but in terms of puts it in perspective yeah like i I don't you know i'm not worried about where your next meal is coming from you know for tonight kind of thing uh or even tomorrow or the next day yeah you you realize how many uh creature comforts we have or they like to say on like first world problems but yeah i don't yeah. like to say that but they're relative your problems are relative right like yeah. it's 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 you know everyone's it, got problems yeah, yeah like it's, it's still just because somebody else has it worse doesn't invalidate you know somebody's you know your own problems it just i think it's a good way to help keep it in perspective right as to yeah as to how manageable those problems are or anything like that but uh yeah man it's like that's why i think traveling is is really important and you know, yeah. just to circle back to the financial education too, is, is, uh, you know, taking a bit of time to experience these things. It's all a new skill and a new experience. And if you get some experience with money or investing, you know, and, and even like, just even if you can only put away 25 bucks a month, find a, find an investment, find a, find a stock or find a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund that you like, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, put 25 bucks a month in that and just get into that habit as yeah, a start. And then it'll grow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's just, expanding your horizons and new experiences right and, and it'll yeah, help it's you amazing it'll help you get you know get to where you want to go and yeah it's like uh it's like the dr seuss book oh the places you'll go yeah exactly exactly yeah. so yeah but man thanks so much for coming on uh really good chatting with you yeah it was Glad great buddy thank up. you and i learned so much and i know the listeners definitely will learn a lot too awesome yeah, yeah. I, I fact checked you like 10 times you were right every time so oh <laughs> thanks <laughs> that, that's good I'm, I'm actually glad to hear that <laughs> That's good. So, so I do have some memory comprehension for it. 
Yeah. That'll surprise a lot of people, I think. Just ask my wife, she's gonna be like, no. No way. I don't even remember where to pick. Yeah, I like like five water cups or whatever around the house. Yeah, I forget with them. Yeah, forget what I ate for breakfast. It's the little things. Yeah, but that's good. I'm actually really glad to hear yeah. Right, but thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. It's always good catching up with you. And, yeah, you know, man. It, it won't be, uh, you know, a couple years before I see you next time. Yeah, no, we'll definitely do these again for mm-hmm. sure. Awesome. All right. Uh, until next week, guys. It's not goodbye. See you later. Bye. Okay, welcome to the Prickly Cactus. We be out here. We talking this and that shit. Yeah. Hey, and you can go and check the fact this. We talk real shit, not just tissing ass. Oh, we'll that. Sit there harder when we smoking on the stanky. Finger banging shit, and I ain't just talking for you. you like some hey, But don't finger bang a lawnmower. He did that shit, and now his fingers ain't on no more. And you got Quincy looking like a left nut. When he was a kid, he say what when you said so. Now we got a podcast and that shit fun If you don't like it yet, then you can look at this, son So if you don't want us to break your back, bitch, then tune in Because we talking this and that shit If you don't want us to break your back, bitch, then tune in The podcast, Prickly Cactus, Prickly Cactus.